Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Um, so in the month of November, normally for Accra Community Church, it's a period for stock taking. Well, we look back over the year. We don't wait till 31st December before we look back and assess. We start early. We do stock taking of our lives. And we assess ourselves where we need to improve the things we need to do better individually and as a church before we enter into the new year. So we don't do new year resolutions on 31st night and see them failing from the beginning, even before January ending. But today I want us to look at taking stock from a prayerful perspective. Because it is easy for us to take stock of our lives, sit down and do calculations, and those were my projections for the year. Those were the areas that I failed. And those did not go well. And then sometimes it can even depress us. But sometimes what we consider or we look at or we see as a defeat is actually a success, a victory. Sometimes what we see as a loss is really a great um, success that we have achieved. And therefore, prayer is something that helps us to see things from the perspectives of God. It is easy to be depressed and frustrated when God is really working a miracle in your life. One of the biggest disappointments of life was when Jesus, the great miracle worker, who was doing good, went about and performing great works, and everybody says you could see that God was with him. Then this man was arrested and crucified, and the whole mighty God was, couldn't do anything about the situation. Ordinary men arrested Jesus, the son of God, and was at the pity of Pilate to decide whether to spare him or to crucify him. It looks like, where was God? And that is what happens to us Christians most of the time. The Bible says that um, God knows our needs even before we pray. So sometimes there's the question, why do we have to pray before he, even, he answers? If he knows our needs, then he should act. But the Bible encourages us to pray. So when Jesus said God knows our needs, he was telling us why we have to pray. And I want us to look at about three reasons why we have to pray. There are many reasons. The Bible gives so many reasons why we have to pray. But I quickly want us to look at three reasons why we have to pray. First, 2 Peter chapter 1, from verse 3 to 4, I read. His divine power has given us everything we need for life. Again, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the full knowledge 
of the one who called us by his own glory and excellence. Through this, he has given us his precious and wonderful promises, so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, seeing that you have escaped the corruption that is in the world caused by evil desires. Amen. Now, one of the reasons why God wants us to pray is that God wants us to be in the same wavelength with him. To see things the way God sees them. So whenever we pray, God knows our needs. But sometimes we pray our wants. And our wants may not be our needs. So when we pray, prayer is a conversation. Most of the time, we pray just by going there, talking, 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 without listening. And Gladwin will always insist on we listening. The important part of prayer, that is the listening part. So we don't just go out and then tell God, God, I need this. God, I want this. This, God, solve this problem and so on. But prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is a time when David was in crisis. The Bible says all his friends, the people he has been helping all along, suddenly stood up and wanted to stone him because... As a leader, he has disappointed them. They have believed in him. They have followed him. Then suddenly, he has disappointed them. They have lost so much. And they wanted to store him. Bible says that David went and prayed to God. But he just didn't say, God, give me victory over the enemies. I'm going to attack. He asked, God, should I pursue them? And he went further to ask, will you give me victory? Because David knew the history in the book of Judges, where the Israelites went to pray and ask God, God, should we go to war against our brothers Dan? And God said, go. And they went and they were beaten. He knows that history. So he just did not ask, should I go? He added the next one, would you give me victory? And God said, yes, go. I will give you victory and you will recover everything. With that courage, he went out. Amen. Prayer is an opportunity for us to know what God is doing. Jesus said something. He says that what I see the Father do, I do. So we see Jesus, the Bible says that, I think in Mark chapter 1 verse 15, he says he wakes up very early before dawn and goes into a wilderness, a quiet place where he will not disturb anybody and goes to pray. So when he sets out during the day, he knows where God is. He knows what God is doing. So when he goes down, he doesn't go struggling with demons. Cast you out, cast you out, screaming his voice out. If God is not at that moment involved, he will not get involved. I mean, sometimes you may think that this is God's will. There's a scripture which says that Paul was praying and had intention to go to a particular place to preach the gospel, because he saw the need that those people need the gospel. But God forbid him. God told him, don't go. One of Paul's most successful ministries was in the city of Ephesus. Bible says that when Paul attempted preaching in Ephesus, he was dragged on the streets and was stoned. And then he got up and decided, oh yeah, let me run away from this city. But in the night, God told him, don't leave. Stay in this city because I have many people here. And that was one of his most successful ministries. To the extent that 
Even people have to come to take his apron, go and give to sick people, and they got healed. Because God was there with him. When Lazarus died, Jesus' friend Lazarus died. Jesus had raised many dead, many dead people. He has performed great miracles. But here his closest friend was sick. And the normal thing was when he got the news quickly to speak the word. And his friend will be healed. But he refused to go. Why? Because God has not moved there yet. He waited. He waited till three days after his friend was dead. Then he told his disciples, let's go. Because first he told them Lazarus was sick. Then he said, he's asleep. They said, but he will wake up. He said, no, he's dead. And he got there. The man was dead. I mean, there were the stories. Jesus has raised the little girl. They said, oh, the girl was hungry and then was trying to pretend he was dead. He has raised a servant. They said, oh, the man was in coma. He has raised many dead. They have looked for stories around why the people were not really dead. Now, this is his closest friend. The man was dead. He was buried for three days before Jesus came, dead and buried. And his students says, Lazarus, come forth. That was the last miracle. And it was a witness that when Jesus died, he rose again. Because if he could raise the dead, who was already buried, then his death and being buried was not the end of the story. Amen. When we pray, we move into the wavelength of God. We move into the situation where we see things the way God sees them. We don't just insist on our will. Psalm 37 verse 4 says that, commit your ways into the Lord. Trust in him and he will fulfill your desires. First, you commit your ways to him. Then you depend on him. Then he, when your desire becomes his desire, because God does not just do things on earth just because we want it. God does his will. And so when our will becomes his will, because he's not going to change our will, his will, to be our will. And as we read from 1 Peter, our will is most of the time corrupted by the corruption of this world. So some of the things we desire is not necessarily because we need them. It is because society says we need them. And sometimes we don't need them. Some of the things that depress us, we are depressed because society says that without us, you are not. But God says you are more than enough. So when we depend on God, when we pray, when we look at things from the perspective of God, it gives us the opportunity for us to see things the way God sees it. And we pray God's will and God's will gets done in our lives. Amen. So as we take stock of our lives for this year, I encourage us to pray. But not just praying by asking, but praying by also listening. I love something my mother used to do when, so I, it was strange to me because from the background I was raised, that was not the way to pray. But she used to pray, she sits on the chair, pull a chair in front of her, and say, Christ, you know, sit down. I want to have a conversation. I don't understand some things. And she can sit for hours. Nana Kofi knows my mom. 
She sits there and you wonder, this is a woman who doesn't speak in tongues. We will rabble all the tongues for, to show that hey, we have come out charged after the and all the sapele mahogany and all this. Then we come out feeling charged. And we feel that world is in, under our control. And this old woman sits by a chair with the Bible and illiterate. She never went to school. But she prayed to know how to read the Bible. She learned to read the Bible. And she will have the Bible on her lap. And sometimes I will leave for school in the morning. Come to in the evening and she's just sitting there. And you check and you realize that no food has been touched. She's just been there. She's excited. She's having a loving conversation. Almost a full day. She gets distracted only when we come home. And we kept wondering. Because as his children, we started getting born again. And into the charismatic move and all the noise around us, we were wondering, what keeps this woman to be reading Bible from morning till evening, sitting and praying, and she's never hungry, and she's never feels like she's in need. And if you see the need and the depression and the situation we find ourselves, and her confidence at that time, you wonder what it is. But it is a personal conversation with God. It is moving away from just asking, seeing God as um, an instrument to meet our wants to a relationship, a father. And as young as we were, when we lost our father, she kept reminding us, God is the father of the fatherless. So you are not fatherless. You have a father. And he's the husband of the widow. And she encouraged us in this way. But it was because she had that personal relationship. Sometimes we need that time of a quiet moment with God. A time to listen. A time to have a conversation. A time to be very frank and ask very frank questions. A time to challenge God sometimes. It's like the like Bible says that Moses talks to God as a man talks to his friend. And at one point, God expressed his opinion, uh, his intention about Israel, that these people are stubborn and I will destroy them and I will start a new nation using Moses, your children. And Moses said, God, repent from these wicked intentions. It is because of the relationship. It is because of the conversation. They've had so much personal conversation that Moses could easily say, God, repent from these evil intentions. Directly rebuking God. And God was pleased with Moses because of this. And the Bible says that when Moses came down, his face was shining like an angel, such that the Israelites could not look at him. He has to put on a veil. Why? Because he had had a personal encounter. He had spent time having a conversation with God. I want to encourage us this morning that we should spend time to ask God the hard questions. Our desperations, our frustrations, the things we don't understand, we should ask him. Sometimes, immediately, he will give you an answer. I remember as a young man, sometimes walking to school a long distance. And I enjoyed the walk because I started understanding the Bible, things I read in the Bible and I don't understand. I'll be on this walk and then start praying and then it moves to questioning. And sometimes it looks like somebody is walking with me and we start an argument. 
Then I'll say, no, no, it is not this way. This is how the Bible says it. It can't be this. Then I get a fresh understanding. Then I'll be arguing my way. Then sometimes I come to the, hey, who am I talking to? Then I realize that, no, I was talking to God. I remember a very interesting experience no, no, when I was born again young and trying to um, cover my last in a, a, a spiritual way of um, pretending. So going to the beach was one of my fun things. Sundays, I don't miss the beach. Then now I'm born again and um, I have to spiritualize going to the beach. So I said, oh, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit there and watch um, people and pray for them. Meanwhile, I know I was going to there to spy on ladies. So I went and sat on the rock somewhere, admiring the ladies and spiritualizing it somewhere in my mind. Then I had the slap, like the way friends behave, somebody slapped me on the face and said, stupid boy, get up and go home. What are you watching? I turned around. It sounded like my big brother. A slap on my face. And I turned around, and all around, there wasn't anybody. Suddenly done on me that God had come in to rebuke me. And that was my last day. I repented from that sin immediately. So there is that intervention, a personal relationship with God, where God really deals with us personally on one-to-one basis. And I encourage that as we take stock for the year, we should take time to have a personal talk with God about the things that bother us. If it is big enough to be a worry, it is big enough to be a prayer topic. If it is giving you sleepless nights, then it is a prayer topic. If it is frustrating you enough that you don't know what to do, then it is a prayer topic. Speak to him. Have a time with him. Another reason why we have to pray, again in um, Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3, quickly, let me read. Second Peter chapter 3, from verse, from verse 5 to 7. Sorry. Second Peter chapter 3, from verse 5 to 7. It says, But they deliberately ignore the fact that long ago the heavens existed and the earth was formed by God's word and out of water and with water. Six, by which the world at that time was deluged with water and destroyed. Now, by the same word, the present heavens and earth have been preserved for fire and are being kept for the day when ungodly people will be judged and destroyed. Amen. Now, the Bible tells us, and we know this, that the world was formed by the word of God. Amen. So the world as we see it came to being. The Bible says he called those things that were not as though they were. The word came to being by the word of God. And the world as we have it today is sustained by the same word of God. Another reason why we pray apart from the personal relationship with God is because everything in this world is sustained by the word of God. 
So prayer is speaking God's word into a situation. Not speaking our frustrations about the situation, but saying what God says about the situation. So in many situations, God knows our needs, but he wants us to speak what he has said. A typical example of Ezekiel 37, where um, Ezekiel, the prophet, was frustrated when he saw the dry bones. God asked him, can these bones live? He says, only you can tell. This is a desperate situation. This is a situation without solution. This is a situation you cannot think round about. This is a situation you can't find any solution. It was a, a, a lost situation. And God says, is there hope for this situation? And Ezekiel answered, right, only you can tell. Then God said, their solution is this. Speak what I have said. Prophesy. Tell the bones, this is what the Lord says. The Bible encourages us to speak. In John 6, verse 63, Jesus says, the words that I speak, they are spirits and they are life. The word of God is spirits and it contains life. So we pray because there are situations where we don't need to ask God for anything because he had made a provision already. What we just need to do is to speak God's word. We continue speaking God's word to the situation until the situation responds to God's word because the words are spirits and they are life. Amen. And so we need to pray as Christians not because God doesn't see our needs, but because he had made a provision already. And the provision is in the multitude of promises that he has given to us. And we speak what God says about the situation. And the situation will respond to God's word. Christians, we need to pray. When David faced Goliath, Goliath attacked David first by using words. He attacked David by using, cursing David with his gods. You see, in this world, warfare, especially spiritual warfare, it is worse. Enchantment. Bible says in Numbers 23, verse 23, there is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. In other versions says that no satanic plan can succeed against Jacob. And no divination. And divination comes by words. And this was a situation where a prophet had been called to speak words against Israel. Just curse them. But then he said, words cannot fight against Israel. Why? Because they have already been blessed by God. God has said this about them. And so the only way you can get them for words to hurt them is to get them to move out of the will of God. When people start speaking the negative, what God has not said about them, and they start accepting their situation, all of us, we know. When you start telling yourself that as for this situation, that is my end, you start seeing things that way. When you start telling yourself that there is a way, you start seeing a way. Words are powerful, and we need to speak words, but not just any word, but the word of God. So when David faced Goliath and Goliath started releasing words, David also released stronger words. He says, I am coming to you in the name of the Lord of Israel, whose armies you have defiled. Today, I will cut off your head, and he has no sword. He says, I will cut off your head, 
and I will give the body of your body and the bodies of the Israel uh, the Philistines to the fowls of the air and the uh, beasts. And this is a man who is not carrying a sword. He's carrying a catapult and he's talking about cutting head. And that frustrated Goliath. And he started his attack. But David came on him. The man was armed from his head to the toe. The only place uncovered was the face. And that was where the stone found direction. Brought him down. And David used Goliath's sword to cut off his head. And everything David said happened exactly because he has spoken those words. Amen. We speak the word of God. We say what God has said about the situation. We prophesy. We proclaim God's word to the situation. Amen. Let's prophesy. Let's speak God's word to our situation. Because God has already made the provision for us. Amen. The Bible says that by faith, we call those things that were not as though they were. We speak to the situation. We speak God's word to the situation and it becomes a reality. Another reason why we need to pray. The Bible says in Psalm 115 verse 16 that the heavens, the heavens of the heavens belongs to the Lord. But the earth has he given to the sons of men. In John chapter 10, Jesus says that anyone who comes in to the earth without using the door is a thief. And the way to this earth is through the birth of through a woman. And that is why sorry. when Jesus, God wants to save the world from sin, he is God. He can just decide, okay, I've forgiven you. But Bible says he has to send his son through a woman so that he became human. And through him, God is able to bring forgiveness. Amen. For God to intervene in the affairs of men, most of the time God needs a man. In Ezekiel 32, he says, I need a man to stand in the gap. So when God needs to intervene in earthly situations, most of the time, because he has given the earth to man, it is like a father who has given a property to the child. You are managing it. If every day your father should get up and says, yes, what is happening here? Or he jumps in, come and control. It is like, what do you mean by you have given it to me? You need to give him permission to intervene. Spirits are not allowed to intervene on this earth without using a human medium. So any spirit that tries anything, and that is why all the spirits try to get human beings to have an operation on this earth. In most cases, they need a human medium, a physical being to operate in this world. God owns everything and God can intervene at any time. But most of the time, God wants us to be the medium of his intervention. And so when we pray, we are giving God permission to operate on this earth. And that is why the children of God, even though God knows our needs, even God, God sees the situations, he asks us to pray. And therefore, we should not get tired. That's why Jesus says, don't get tired in praying. We need to pray, continue to pray about the situations for God to have the right of intervention in our lives. 
So the Bible says that God said, I needed a man to stand in the gap so that I can, I can intervene. When God came to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy the city, God says, I have heard the cries against the city. Was God not seeing the evil of the people? No, he was seeing it. But when people started crying against the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah about their sin, God has to come down to intervene. And when God was on his way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, another man stepped in and said, God, the judge of all the earth, you cannot punish the righteous with the evil. Let's talk about the righteous people in the city. And Abraham intervened, and that saved the life of Lot. Amen. God wants to intervene in our lives, in the affairs of men, but he wants his people to stand and pray. Years ago, South Korea was in a terrible situation. Some people started praying until they had what they call the prayer mountain. Prayers upon prayers were offered. We saw the transformation that happened. The transformation did not come as miracles. They started by interventions, people having ideas. Some are Christians, some are not Christians. But it was because prayers were offered. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that when the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. When we pray and we continue to pray, there are some miracles that are happening. There are some deliverances we go through. There are some salvations we have, not because we prayed now, but because sometimes of the prayers that we have prayed years ago, sometimes because of the prayers some other people have offered on our behalf without our knowledge, we are saved and deliverance come through our lives because Lord did not know that Abraham has prayed for him. He felt, yes, he's a good man. And so an angel came and delivered him. But because somebody prayed. We need to pray. Sometimes God lays on your heart to pray for somebody. At the time, God will tell you to pray for that person. The person looks happy, gold, gay. Like this man has no need in this life. And God will tell you, intervene, pray for this person. Because God knows the situation better than we do. Today I'm encouraging us as Christians to spend time to pray. And never get tired in praying. Sometimes it looks difficult to pray. Sometimes it looks like there is no reason to pray. It looks like, but God, you know it already. But there is more to prayer than just asking and receiving. God bless you. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.